doing that ghosting thing. Remember when that was huge? Oh, good times. Oh, it still is? All right, I'll have to bring that back. Wow, this is for one very tall person who definitely isn't me. How you going? You good? Good to know that Heath's well. Hey, um, uh, do you mind just squishing into this section here so I don't have to uh, have a GoPro wide angle vision? Sorry, sorry fam. <coughs> oh man, I'm uh, really keen to get into this tonight, uh, but why don't I kick off by... That's all good? Sweet. Why don't I kick off by, um, by praying? So uh, let's ask for some stuff. Father God, thank you that you are such a good God. Um, You uh, see our deepest need and you provide. And you don't do that um, just so we can be happy, but because that makes you look awesome. So thanks for all the good things you've given us, and thank you for the Lord Jesus. I just pray as we look at your word tonight that you would shape us by it. Make us more like him. Help us to see the world uh, the way he does. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So, uh, give me an amen if you're a Christian. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. I'm a Christian too. I follow Jesus. Uh, hey, how do, people, how do people react when you, when you tell them you're a Christian? I reckon you get a bunch of different reactions. Um, I can think of a couple. One of them, you know, you'll get the standard, oh, that's, that's nice. That's really good for you. That, that's great for you. I had one guy at a music festival. Uh, I was there with Dan Hurd and Taylor. I don't know if Taylor's around. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, we're on a bus, and I think they were behind me, and I was sitting next to this random guy. I told him I was a Christian. He just cracked up laughing, just absolutely lost it. And he wasn't bagging me out. He just he thought I was joking. I, t- I told him again. He, lo- he lost it, cracking up. And um, I had to convince him, no, I'm actually a Christian. I'm being serious. Let's, let's talk about it. And then we end up having a conversation. But he, he, he was just so shocked that there was a Christian on this bus at, at Splendor in the Grass. Um, I met at work, Alex, we were having a conversation about Jesus two weeks ago, and, and uh, I was talking to him about how Christianity is a done religion, it's not a doing religion, our God's done it all for us, and he was, his response was, oh, that's, that's nice, it's, it's nice that you've got a community of people who you, you can connect with and you're good friends with, and it's nice that you can improve yourself there at church. It's like, whoa, whoa, that, he obviously has in his mind an idea of what a Christian is. He thinks that it's about being, in, being part of this nice community of nice people who've never heard a swear word, and it's about um, yeah, making yourself better. So people will react to you when you tell them that you're a Christian um, based on what they think a Christian actually is. I'm sure you'd have some stories too if you're a Christian. See, what is a Christian? What do, what, what, is it just about being in this nice community of people who don't swear? And who, who don't get smashed on a, on a, on a Friday night. Um, is it a bunch of people who have invited Jesus into their heart? And now they only hang out with each other. And they, they, they just love each other. And they sing warm songs together. I'm really pumped to get into this passage. Um, because we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna figure out what do we do with that. What do you, what do, you do with that? What is a Christian? Uh, we're in the book of Matthew. Uh, and we've been in, in this book a couple of weeks. Jesus writes... Uh, so, Matthew writes about Jesus, not to reveal Jesus as just an, a nice bloke. He actually rev- writes to reveal Jesus as the king, uh, the promised king of God's new kingdom. And so, 
don't know if you remember from last year, chapters 5 and 7, 5 through 7, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus delivers this incredible sermon. And people, their their jaws hit the floor. They are shocked uh, at the authority of this man teaching. And we saw it these last few weeks. People are watching Jesus heal and do a bunch of miracles. And again, they are shocked at the authority of the kingly authority, this Jesus, that this Jesus has. Uh, Heaps of people get saved. Heaps of people start uh, following him. Um, And so... Jesus' work, though, doesn't, doesn't end there. keeps going. He's not just here to heal uh, and to cause a little bit of a stir. Um, he, we're actually going to see his mission unfold tonight. It's going to unfold and it's going to involve more people than, than just him. And here's the thing. Here's what I'm hoping. Seeing Jesus' mission will help us catch a glimpse of what he cares about and hopefully we'll become more like him in that way. Um, and I think it's also going to help us figure out what a Christian really is. I'm real pumped. So why don't you why don't you crack open Matthew chapter nine if you're if you're not already there, and we'll be reading from verse 35. Here's the first thing we're going to see. This is a mission to declare that Jesus is King. That's the first thing we're going to see. Check it out. 9:35. This is a summary of what Jesus has been up to. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. So you see that? Jesus, as the king, he's getting down to business. Uh, he's teaching and proclaiming, what? The, the good news of the kingdom. What's that? Well, he's announcing that the kingdom that was promised is here. That's because the, the king is here. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm the king. The king is finally here, and he heals and he's done a bunch of other stuff. Um, but that's his mission. Jesus is on a mission to declare and then prove that he is the king, that the king has rocked up. And so straight, straight off the bat, can you see how that's different uh, to the way most people think about Christianity? Jesus isn't a pal who uh, just wants to make some friends here on earth or get together a nice bunch of people uh, who we can be friends with. He's the long-awaited king who demands to rule your life. That's Jesus. Hey, uh, who's seen Lord of the Rings? Yeah? Yeah? How many of the girls have seen it? Oh, more than you? That's great. That's more than I expected. You should watch it. I watched uh, the whole kind of trilogy these last few weeks. Been sick. Um, We're going to watch a video. We'll get it up in a sec. I love this scene. The background for this scene is that there's some crazy, kind of scary mountain ghost people. You guys know this? Uh, they live under this mountain. And they have, they're on oath to fight for the king of Gondor. All right, and that's the background. I wonder if you can see any similarities between Aragorn and Jesus. So let's, can we get that, that cranking?
told you that was scary. It's freaky, isn't it? Awesome. Take the Demold Road. I love it. All right. Clap for something. I don't know. What are we clapping there? Great, great film. Great franchise. Oh, man, I love that. love Aragorn. Um, so Aragorn <coughs> sorry, is the king. He's the king of Gondor. Right? And as king, he has right to rule over the ghost freaky mountain people uh, and everyone who is a citizen of Gondor. So he's the king that they need to bow the knee to. Um, he, owe, he, he is owed their allegiance. Uh, and they've got to now fight for him because he's the king. You can, see, you can see where I'm going with this, right? You can see the similarity between Aragorn and Jesus. Jesus isn't just a pal who wants some more friends, wants some more followers, um, and is happy if you, you, know, you get someone else going on. No, no, no. He's the king who has the right to rule you and me. He demands that um, we let him run our lives now. That's who he is. That's the Jesus of the Bible. I actually want to point out how two things about that, about Jesus being king. One is that it's actually really good news that Jesus is king. He's not a tyrant. Check, check it out in verse 36. Don't, oh, back in verse 35, actually. Um, what's Jesus been doing? Skip down. He's been proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. See, this is good news because Jesus is a really good king. He's a really good king. Now, instead of coming with judgment and, and justice the first time, he forgives and he brings mercy. He actually brings a bunch of healing. He's a really good king. It's good news that Jesus is king. That's the first thing. Second thing um, that I want to let you know about is that this message comes from um, a place of love and care. So Jesus actually really cares about the people he's about to lead, lead, unlike Aragon. He doesn't give a rip about those mountain people. Check it out. I want you to see this. Uh, in verse 36, um, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Did you see that? So Jesus looks at his people. He has compassion on them. His heart goes out um, for them. 
to them. His heart breaks for them. Why? Because they're helpless. They are like sheep with no one to lead them. That's the language he uses there. Sheep with no one to lead them. You, you know what that would look like on a farm, right? I don't know how many of you have spent any time on a farm. I've spent not much time. Uh, I, we can imagine there's a bunch of sheep and there's grass running out and so they need to find some more grass. But they've got to go from here through those two trees. They've got to have a little swim through the creek. They've got to pass through the guys, those villagers who... Uh, really want some roast lamb for dinner, and they've got to get past those women who really love um, woolen coats, uh, and they've got to climb this mountain to get to this this grass, right? They really need. But these sheep, this is a distant, dangerous journey. These sheep don't even know which direction to head. They've got no idea where this where this sweet grass spot is. That um, they've got no direction to to follow uh, because they've got no shepherd. While we're talking about sheep, just a side note, did you know that sheep's wool will grow forever? Did you know that? Check this out. This guy's name's Shrek. He's a sheep. He's not the actual Shrek. He's, um, he was hiding in a cave for six years. This is back in 2004. Uh, six years so he wouldn't have to get sheared. And so they cornered him and put him on live television and sheared all his wool off. And they made 20 men, 20, like 20 men's suits out of the wool from this sheep. Their wool will grow forever. That's not related. I just thought it was a really fun fact. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Um, that's, our, that's our Shrek. Uh, <clears throat> but he's starting to get a sense of how Jesus feels about his sheep. He looks at them, and what does he see? He sees people who are helpless, lost, and dying. These are people who have no shepherd, no king, uh, to guide them away from the highway to hell and onto the path to heaven. His heart breaks for them. Uh, And so then he tells his disciples, it's there uh, in the passage, you want to have a look, he uh, tells his disciples, hey, pray, pray. Oh, the harvest is plentiful, plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray that God would raise up workers to send out to these lost sheep. That's how much he cares about these sheep. Uh, see, Jesus doesn't fix our problem like a business transaction. He is deeply moved, um, cared and concerns for the lost people in front of him. I wonder, I wonder if you feel the same about the lost people in your family or your life or here at youth. Um, I want you to catch a bit of Jesus' heart there, how he feels towards his lost sheep. If it isn't already, we're going to move on in a sec, but if it isn't obvious already, a Christian is someone who um, sees Jesus as the king and follows him. Someone who is lost, who realizes who Jesus is and makes him their king. Not someone who just invites Jesus into their heart and joins this lovely um, community of nice people. Um, so, just like Aragorn, Jesus is your king. He's your king. How, how are you, um, not talking to you if you're a Christian, I'm talking to you, you if you haven't, haven't made the decision to follow Jesus yet. Um, how are you going to respond to that news that Jesus is your king? That, that news that I've just told you. Because um, he would say that you are lost. Um, and you are in um, deep need of a king. 
end in need of someone who will rescue you, save you from your rebellion against that king. And Jesus is both. So decide to follow him. Decide to follow him. That's the first thing we've seen about Jesus' mission, is that this mission is to declare that Jesus is the king. And because of that, a Christian is someone who simply realizes that and now lets Jesus run their life, having been forgiven by him. Do you got that one? Uh, second one uh, that this passage shouts out at us is that this mission is for those who love the king more than life. Let's have a look at chapter 10, verse 1. So Jesus got his, um, Jesus hands on his mission to some people, a very specific group of people. And who does he hand it to? Chapter 10, verse 1. Jesus called his disciples to him and gave them authority, authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First Simon, uh, dot, 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 it goes on with the twelve. Verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Don't go among the Gentiles or enter any of the towns of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. So Jesus' mission... It's not going to be carried out by policemen or by Bear grills or some um, spec ops squad who've had a lifetime of training. No, it's a different kind of mission. His mission is to be carried out by 12 average dudes, average blokes that are going to rep him, called apostles. So notice, Jesus isn't interested in getting the powerful, the persuasive, the influential, the attractive on this mission. Uh, he's interested in people like us. That's a, that's a comfort, isn't it? People like us, uh, unimpressive sinners. And he now uses us to carry an extraordinary message that Jesus is the King, that the King is here. So let's have a look at some of the instructions, if you've got that there, that he gives his, his 12. Uh, chapter six, uh, 10 verse 6, they're to go to the lost sheep of Israel. Um, 7 and 8, they're to do what Jesus has been doing. Um, you see that kind of stuff there, proclaiming that same message, healing, raising the dead, um, cleansing lo- those with leprosy, driving out demons. Uh, verses 9 through to 15, just kind of summarizing this for you. They're not to take a big fat packing list that you'd take to fat camp of all your, everything in your room. You'd take nothing, Jesus says. Um, if people don't like you, that's okay. That's a huge mistake. That's on them um, <clears throat> if they don't receive you. And so that's some of the instructions he gives. Pretty, pretty straightforward stuff. Um, but that's not where it ends. So Jesus' mission isn't just for the twelve. It was for the twelve, but Jesus isn't just the king of those in Israel. He's the king of everyone, all people, all places. And so there's, there's a couple of clues in the passage that actually this, these instructions here are for all Christians, everyone who trusts Jesus and follows him. Uh, and so, let's just, I just want to just skim through this, this chapter for you, and I want you to check out how these verses describe the outcome for those of us who are on Jesus' mission. What's going to happen if we get on this mission? See if you can follow along with me, because um, I reckon it includes us. Verse 16, people on this mission will be like sheep among wolves. Verse 17, uh, people on this mission will be abused by religious leaders. I think that's what that one's about. 18, people on this mission will stand trial for what they believe. 
They'll stand trial for Jesus. Um, let's have a look here. Verse 22. People on this mission might be or will be hated because of Jesus. That's not a very good selling point for this mission, is it? Verse 37. You want to skip down there? People on this mission will love Jesus more than their family. Oh, wow. Verse 38. People on this mission will... Love Jesus more than their life. So, I don't know how, you, how you're feeling as we read through that, through that list. There's a bunch more you could dig into. I hope you're going to do that in G-teams. Um, take a deep breath. breath. Um, I wonder if, if you're squirming because you're like, oh, I mean, I don't have um, much energy. I'm a bit of a tired person. That freaks me out. Maybe, maybe you're going, oh, I'm not great with my words. Um, I don't have an easy way out for you. Following Jesus is tough work. It's tough, tiring work. Um, it's a costly mission. I mean, genuine, genuine followers of Jesus will love Jesus more than even their life. Um, but it's worth it. I want to prove this to you. I hope you, hope you get this. Um, apart from being a command of Jesus, so we're going to do it anyway if we're following him, I actually want you to see that um, yeah, this is the only thing I could be doing, being on this mission. So here's a little exercise. Uh, pick someone in your life who isn't a Christian, hasn't been forgiven. Um, pick, think of someone in your life who, if they died this week, they would be shut out from God's kingdom. Think about that person. Now, imagine, fast forward two years, they've become a Christian. Now, they're standing with you at youth or church, and we're singing how deep, like we did before. Can we get those lyrics out? I just got them there. You're standing next to them, and they're, they're singing these words. Uh, I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom. But I will boast in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. Imagine, imagine you're sitting there in youth, and they're belting this song out. They're boasting that um, in Jesus' death and resurrection, they know with all their heart that their wounds, are, that Jesus' wounds have paid their ransom, that they are forgiving, uh, forgiven, and they are rejoicing in how good their King is, that He would forgive them. And you're standing there, and you're, you're listening. Uh, if, you, if you ask me what I would give or what I would go through to be able to stand in church or at youth and hear my brother Jason sing those words at the end, but this I know with all my heart, his wounds have paid my ransom. I would do anything, absolutely anything for Jason to be saved and to be able to sing that truly. Now let's dial it back a bit. Um, if you ask me what, what uh, I'd have to do, uh, oh, let me phrase it like this. If you ask me if I would risk a bit of awkwardness in a friendship to invite that friend to youth or church again, knowing that it would lead to being able to sing that song with them and praise God with them, what would I, what would I say? I would do anything, anything. I would, really, I would risk any friendship a bit of awkwardness in a friendship if it meant they had a crack at 
They had a chance to make Jesus their king. Anything. And so, here's the last thing I want to leave with you. Um, There's a lot of work to be done um, on this mission, but it is so worth it. Seeing lost people found. That's what Jesus is on about. It is worth it. So don't let anything stop you from getting on this mission. Don't let anything stop you from getting on this mission. Jesus goes through a bunch of things in this passage. It's a big chunk where he kind of lays out a bunch of things that would stop us, or his 12, and us from getting on this mission. And we'll, we'll go through a couple of them. Um, but I wonder, what, wonder if they link up with any of the things that would stop you getting on this mission. See, what things would stop you from getting on this mission to go tell people about Jesus or invite them to a place where they can hear about their king? Um, here's one of the markers that stands out from the passage. From the very beginning, back at the end of chapter 9, not seeing lost people as lost people will stop you getting on this mission. So if you look look out at your mates or your people at work or your friends from school and you see them and you don't see them the way Jesus does, you you think, oh, they're they're all right, they've got their their meditation, they've got their Buddhism, Um, they're a decent person, Um, they'll be all right. That's going to stop you from getting on the mission to let them know that, hey, Jesus is the king. And he's offering you to, to, to um, be right with God again. Uh, that's, that's something that will stop you from getting on this mission. So, see everyone in your life, friends, family, work, whatever it is, the way Jesus does. No, we don't like thinking about our mates as lost people, but Jesus, that's the way Jesus sees them. And he loves them. Um, here's another one. Um, what might stop you from getting on this mission? Well, you're worried people might not want to hear it. I just want to say that's fine. Jesus told us to expect that. In fact, they hated him, is the argument he makes um, in verse 25. They hated him. He's, they're going to hate us. Don't be surprised by that. Um, don't let that stop you from getting on this mission. Um, Fearing people, worrying about what people think, that's similar. He gives an answer to that in verses 26 through to 30. kind of says a couple of things. He says, no, 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 don't fear them. Fear God, the judge. Um, and that God cares for you more than a, a bird on a tree. Um, so fear him. Um, don't worry about what people think. Here's the last one I want to leave with you. <coughs> so, um, what might stop you from getting on... The, on this mission, or it's loving things in this life. And you see that, um, kind of, verse 37, verse 38, verse 39. Um, If you're in love with all the things in your life and having such an epic life, that'll stop you from from getting to work, um, giving up so that people can hear about Jesus. That'll that'll hinder you. Um, You can't have both. That's, That's Jesus' answer. If you, want to, if you want to keep your life and hold on to it, you will lose your life. But if you lose your life for me, you'll really find it. That's his answer. It's profound. Um, I remember doing walk-up Sun, at Sunfest one time, whipping out that verse and chatting to this old guy about that verse. And he was like, that's ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense. And I guess at surface level, it doesn't make sense. But what Jesus is saying is, no, no, no. If you lose this, if you hold on to this life, you will lose me. I've got to be first. And if, you've, if I'm first, you will save your life eternally. Um, 
So I reckon the, the, the action step out of that one is, um, day in, day out, um, work hard to fall out of love with the world and fall more and more in love with your King, Jesus. So that uh, you don't want to hold on to the things of this world because you've got Jesus. Uh, let me wrap up. Um, Eva Youth isn't just a bunch of nice people who sing some nice songs and who have never heard a swear word in their life. Um, we've got a king who died and is living again and running the world, and people have got to know that. So let's, let's get out there. Let's go tell people that, that Jesus is the king, that he runs the world, he's the only way. Go out there and in, invite people to a place where they can hear about their king. You don't have to do all the speaking. Um, go build really strong friendships with, with friends from work or school or sport or whatever, um, with your family, and ask them questions about what they believe. Go help um, people make Jesus their king. Why don't we, um, why don't we pray that God would, uh, God would help us do that? It's going to be worth it. Um, so why don't we pray for some of that?